Hey everybody, there are a ton of ways that you can follow us online. We've got our website, realnerdspodcast.com, that you can go to and you can read articles and find the podcast episodes there as well. If you like social media, you can follow us on Facebook at Real Nerds Podcast or on Twitter and Instagram at Real Nerds. You can also call us anytime and leave a voicemail at 720-6-NERDS-5 and then we'll play your voicemail on the show. Thanks for listening. I hope you like us. This is Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of Danver Fan Expo, Halloween Special Edition, coming this year, October 29th through the 31st at the Denver Convention Center. Make sure you get your tickets when they go on sale because it is only at 75% of the normal con. I am Ryan and with me is Brad. So I guess that means we probably won't be there. (laughs) Oh, I, I don't know yet. <laughs> I don't know how it works. 75% removed means we probably don't have a, a table for podcasts. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how it works. I don't know if it's the same people. Um, we're fixing to find out, I'm sure. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if we don't have a booth, are you still going to go? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to go. Hmm. I mean, if, I'm sure it'd be a ton of fun for you and Kellen, like dressing up yeah. and sure there'll be yeah. like trick-or-treating based stuff going on yeah i think it'll be it'll be good and you know comic stuff and maybe get a commissioned work or something do you think they'll have a dealer's floor uh, they said they were going to hmm. they, they basically it sounds it's like it's the same um just smaller yeah, i'm just trying to and, imagine like what like 75 percent what are they removing like is it I think it's just or... no. I think it's just capacity. I don't think it has anything to do with um, the people uh, on their press release today, which it literally happened. I think two hours ago, um, they uh, said that they're going to have celebrities announcements starting soon. So, oh, so they're still going to have like guests there. Interesting. Yeah. Yep. Well, it'll be fun. To me, it's like the largest part of the con is the dealer's floor. What are they going to? take out to scale that down um but if they're gonna have a guest i mean that must mean artist alley's intact yeah um but yeah like who are they gonna like let be dealers i guess you know yeah i don't know i think we'll uh start getting information on that but um that's whoever, good whoever can afford it <laughs> like all the tables are 10 times more <laughs> expensive and yeah it's it's uh i think it's cool i mean it eventually it's stuff was going to come back. It's just, you know, it's taking longer than I think people wanted it to, but um, every week on real nerds, we see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world. This week we saw the documentary, the sparks brothers. Stay tuned to the end of the episode where we will either recommend the film or not play the trailer and then talk about the film. We also talk about movie news, movies that are coming out on Blu-ray and things we've been watching throughout the week it's only brad and i again um everyone's pretty busy except brad and i where i just stay at home because i have a kid in a family and um, I'm broke <laughs> <laughs> me too because i have a kid in a family yeah um, Dak's out making a new movie so that's why he's not here yeah that's awesome so good luck to him on that um yeah so um 
yeah, Brad, but um, I just told you that Steel Panther, you know, is a concert and everyone was dancing and having fun. Um, so a lot of things are opening up around town, and that's when you take us around town. Hey, film buddies, follow me around Denver. Well, first, let's go to the 88 drive-in, uh, <laughs> which uh, changed the lineup last week, and they're, they're holding it over with uh, Peter Rabbit 2, A Quiet Place Part 2, and World War Z. Man, they nice. had World War Z on there for a while. Yeah, it's a fun movie. Yeah, um, I haven't seen it since this theater. Um, the Fort Collins Holiday Twin Drive-In has, I think last week we said it was Peter Rabbit 2 and Cruella on one screen. Yep. Uh, but screen two, I thought had two movies, but now they're just down to The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It on the second screen. Hmm. And then uh, on July 4th, they're having their second annual 4th of July with the Colorado uh or the Fort Collins Symphony Orchestra, which I which I did last year. It's it's fun. Um, Sweet. The orchestra sits in a pit below the screen, and they fire off fireworks in front of the screen and play all the the patriotic standards you're used to. Orchestra nice. style. So you can check that out. And the Denver, the film on the rocks. Um, is down to their last three movies of the season. Wow. All three in the amphitheater. So um, back in the best part of uh, Red Rocks. Um, on Monday, July 19th is Jurassic Park. July 20th, Top Gun. And August 2nd, The Princess Bride. So, Wow. All great movies. Yep. $16 general mission. Way more affordable than the $60... Oh, <laughs> Uh, parking huh. lot version. So I'm gonna go. Those are sold out. It might take Kellen to see Jurassic Park. They are not sold out. Wow, sweet. So, I mean, they're in July, so I don't think people are quite aware. Now, yet. They'll probably buy my ticket the next day or so. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Casino Royale was one of them, and then uh, I think it was like July second, and then they realized like, oh, that's like in conflict with some fourth of july music shows that we're doing so that mm. got replaced with top gun so um and also today the denver 48 hour film project uh announced registration so if you want to make wow. a short film the last weekend of august uh you can sign up now for the reduced rate of 148 dollars um, is that something you're doing uh i think so I have to find $148 first and then make sure the rest of my team wants to do it and then uh, go from there. Right on. Uh, the uh, screenings will all be at the bug this year, which is pretty cool. Oh, that's awesome. So, that's cool to see uh, your uh, the bug back open and lots of people there. Yeah. Last week we had the Emerging Filmmakers Project and uh, it was pretty much sold out. There's a you know, they're still kind of doing social distancing. So the, the spaces between the seats are filled with cardboard cutouts and mannequins and dummies. Um, so when you like, you see a picture of the show, it looks like a full house, but um, still like we had like 70 people or something. So that's awesome. Um, yeah. There's a glad to know that people are still willing to come out for that. Even at a reduced capacity. So it'll, it'll open up more as, the months go on so 
but yeah, uh, 40 hour film project is open and ready for ready for teams to sign up. So do that if you want to make a movie this summer and that's what's going on around town. Very cool. Movies are released on Blu-ray and Ultra HD, and sometimes we get them. Here's what's coming out today. DVD releases and Blu-rays. Uh, the big release is Bob Odenkirk's Nobody, which I had a lot of fun with in theaters. That was a fun film. Um, the uh, stoner movie with Dave Chappelle and... Um, Jim Brewer, Half Baked, is getting a Blu-ray release. I, I was never a big fan of that, but you know, some people are. Yeah, a lot of people are big fans of that movie. Um, the other big one is Batman: The Long Halloween Part One. I was gonna get I, that, but then mm-hmm. I realized um, the last time they did a two-parter, they eventually released a complete edition. So I think I'm gonna wait. Um, well, I was just gonna say I talked. I talked to. I read an interview with a director and the second part comes out in August, I believe. And then at sometime in the fall, I'm guessing around Halloween, there's going to be an ultra HD version of it with both movies. Nice. And he said, um, he said that he wanted to tell people that. So they, um, it wouldn't be a surprise and people would be pissed. So you can either get the two of them or you can buy it as one set. You know, they did that with uh, Lord of the Rings because um, they said they were going to have like a summer release of like a better mm-hmm. version of it. But here we are at summer and I don't see it. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm guessing it's going to be the fall now. <laughs> um, right. I still might get the um, them in separate parts because um, the Ultra HD, I have uh, one of their Warner Brothers on Ultra HD and it's not that great of a, like an uptick. Um, but we'll see. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, there's an old movie with Chris Rock called CB4 coming out, which is kind of, it's a parody of NWA. And I always, I actually have the soundtrack to that. And um, I used to love the uh, song. It's uh, Chris Rock. It goes straight out of low cash, a crazy motherfucker named Gusto. I fucked your wife because the bitch was a big hoe. I fucked your sister. I fucked your cat. I would have fucked your mama, but the bitch was too fat. Um, the rest of the movie is pretty silly, um, but good stuff. Uh, Strike Commando. Don't know what that is, but it looks like it's um, from the 90s. Yeah. Like um, che- cheesy, low-budget 90s. Yeah. Uh, Shout Factory is releasing The Wind Rises on their really cool um, steelbooks which is, you know, part of the Blenathon. Warner Archive is releasing a couple of titles. They are releasing Chain Lightning with Humphrey Bogart and Eleanor Parker and Elvis. It happened at the World's Fair. I'm guessing people are falling in love. Mm. Um, (laughs) Umbrella Academy Season 1, The Unholy, which was that Sam Raimi-produced horror film that came and went. And... That is pretty much it. There's a lot of um, smaller stuff. Um, Invaders of the Lost Gold has a naked chick on it. So that's cool. Um, it's a Severin film, so you know it's garbage. Not that the people that are producing it, but they purposely release not good films. 
like schlocky and they films. Usually, yeah yeah and they usually do a pretty great job with the um special features so if you're a fan of those because i think uh oh strike commando and strike commando 2 those are both severin as well so check that out i do like the you know gi joe style art on them yeah no it's cool i have no idea if they're good yeah, I so doubt it's, it. <laughs> 1988 is Strike Commando 2. It's a Vietnam leader. Vic Jen- Jenkins is captured by a terrorist demanding $10 million worth of diamonds in return for his release. Oh, Michael Ransom's Vietnam squad leader. Michael, reluctantly aided by local tough girl Rosanna Boom, is dispatched by the CIA to recapture Jenkins and put a stop to his heroin smuggling captors. But not all is as it appears. Sounds like a plot for a sequel to MacGruber. And that's what's coming out on Blu-ray. Movie news! It's real news! Uh, Transformers uh, is coming out with a new film called The War of the Beasts. Rise of the Beasts. (laughs) Like animated Transformers? No. It's the next Transformer film. It's a Transformer like live action yep beast wars i guess we should know what that is i have no idea well there's a it was the i guess cgi animated cartoon from the 90s right hmm maybe yeah i don't um i watched the original transformers cartoons i really didn't watch anything after that so i couldn't i know the beast wars is they turn into monsters yeah they're like animals instead of cars yeah so that yep that's what i got on that yeah. Um, yeah Amblem Entertainment has signed a deal with Netflix to release films on their platform Um, so I guess Spielberg isn't uh, he's he's, he's fond of Netflix now um, you know I don't it's one of those things where um, I mean you have to kind of change your business model right now but I'm starting to think they're starting to get backlash from um streaming stuff anyways i think people realize that it's not that unique you know what i mean the experience can't be replaced going to the movie theaters um yeah i I forget who it was but i read i forgot to share it is there's another article where someone outlined like basically everything we've been saying on this podcast for years about streaming uh but they like really focused in on the fact that you're getting like this compressed bit rate thing yep um, my theaters are better but I was just commenting on like you know Spielberg who was like Netflix movies are not that great and yeah like, he, he always said that they should win Emmys not Oscars yeah and now he's going to be making his films through Netflix yeah I, I don't know it's Amblin Entertainment so I don't know if he's actually going to be making them or if it's more of his production company will you know be part of it yeah what was the like there was a recently Amblin movie, like it wasn't his name on it, but they they released something like last year or the year before. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, but I don't remember the film because I saw the logo and yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, it's like this updated 3D logo thing. What was yeah. that? God, this gonna bug me. But yeah, I'm sure Spielberg himself will definitely be like still just like doing theatrical, but yeah. Yeah. This is um, fun because Yeah. The, he cannot stop the future. No, no, nobody can. And it's, you know, it's 
the streaming is whatever. <laughs> Still, <laughs> um, I, I like the convenience of it, but uh, you know, I've I got Parks and Rec, the complete series on Blu-ray, and it looks so much nicer just when you watch it from the disc, and it sounds better. Nothing's compressed. It doesn't have the artifacts on it. Yeah. And the blurry stuff, you know. Yeah, my stream down here on my desktop is just like every 10 or 15 minutes, you know, it just pixelates and drops out mm-hmm. quality. And, uh, you know, sometimes halfway through, it'll just like flash an error of like, sorry, cannot, some, an error happened. Please try again later. It's like, ah, this would not happen <laughs> if I just put a disc in. Watch on my TV upstairs. Yep. Yeah, and uh, that's really it for news. I don't think I missed anything. Um, there's a lot of announcements. Uh, I mean, I saw a picture of Michael Keaton on this set of uh, The Flash as yeah. Bruce Wayne. Awesome. Which is really cool. Um, they, I can't believe Shazam! Fury of the Gods is coming out in 2023, and they're showing like photos from behind the scenes. Yeah, um, new, new costumes. Mm-hmm. It's uh, cool that the the girl who played Mary is playing the adult version of herself now because she was like the oldest kid in that group in the last movie anyway. Yeah. So that was kind of like a cool surprise. Yeah, and I, like I said, what was my, one of my favorite um, panels was with Andrew, uh, Cooper Andrews. Yeah. Just Which doing is- that. Which is like a cool problem solver for like when they do age out, you know? Yeah, that the, absolutely. If they give the kids those roles when they grow up, that yeah, makes sense. It makes me excited because I thought Shazam was a great movie. So yeah, tons of fun. And that's all I got. <laughs> Should be interesting to see how they face off against The Rock. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Get, Black is, Adam should be fun. Is Black Adam in it, or is I thought they had like Helen Mirren is the yeah villain. Helen Mirren is the villainous, but have this. There's no way Black Adam doesn't show up, right? Yeah, I mean at least a post credits, right? <laughs> yeah, he has to show up um, <laughs> because I, I I mean the next movie has to be Black Adam versus Shazam, right? And because there's no way Rock would sign on for just one movie and that big of a movie, I don't think. Yeah, he's a franchise builder for sure. Yeah. but we'll see i mean i mean he's shooting black adam right now he keeps on posting behind the scenes stuff for it so uh, that comes out before shazam i think yeah i think it is 2022 yeah i think it is i think it's isn't it june or something and i mean i'm hoping that shazam shows up in his movie at the end too yeah yeah warner Bros. has a huge 2022 because they've got the batman and then i think aquaman too as well Hmm. Yeah, because they started filming that as well. Um, I mean, even Marvel too. I mean, I'm pretty sure from now until the end of next year, there's almost a superhero movie a month. Yeah, we gotta get, play catch up. <laughs> yeah, Black Widow in July, Shang Chi's in September. Hmm. And then Eternals in November. Yeah, Spider Man in December. Um, December and it's really Morbius. like the end of December. Yeah, and Morbius is January. Oh no, we have August is a Suicide Squad. 
Well, that's not Marvel, but yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I'm talking about like comic book movies, though. Oh, yeah, it makes sense. In general. Yeah, we had a full trailer for uh, Suicide Squad today drop. Yeah. So. Yeah. Movie looks more and more fun. Yeah. A lot of it does look like what's already been released, but I'm guessing that's because they're, there's something super secret that they're trying to keep. Yeah. Well, I also, from getting out I'm guessing movie. they're going to kill a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, I mean, you're not going to kill Harley or, um, you know, the big characters, but Polka Dot Man and stuff. Sorry, bro. <laughs> yeah. I don't think anyone but Harley and maybe Rick Flagg are safe. Yeah, I think you're right. Because even the the peace uh, keeper, you know, they're making a show with him on oh. HBO Max. Yeah, they're but, making a show with him. Yeah, but that could be a prequel, and isn't it a cartoon kind of too? I don't. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I think it's a prequel. But I don't know about the cartoon part. I mean, mm-hmm. I no, I think I saw a set thing where John Cena was on set for it. But, I mean, he did the voice of uh, Baron Draxus and Turtles, so he definitely does voice stuff. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, 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 I can see Idris Elba not being a recurring character. So, yeah, he's yeah. Probably... No matter how cool you know King Shark is, some tells me he's not going to make it. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Be fun. Be fun. Yeah, that's it for news. Cool. Brad, what you got this week? So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. I've just been, I've still been going like, through SNL. I'm up to like season 41, which is like 2016, late 2015 mm-hmm. episodes. Um, and there's this really funny one where Beck Bennett and Cecily Strong are a couple on their honeymoon and they go to this um, Bahamas hotel where uh, the window of the room is like the view is this uh, aquarium mm-hmm. uh, like a lower level so you can see like the fish and everything <laughs> um what's it Taryn Killam floats <laughs> through the window as like a dead body <laughs> and uh like the the miming of him floating because it's not he's not like underwater or anything uh but there's I'm trying to like I, I was trying to figure out if there's like some kind of cushion or he's like on a string but it's just so convincing that he's like floating in this tank, but he's like not wet at all. Um, and then uh, who is the host? Oh, uh, Peter Dinklage is the is the host of the week. So he's like the hotel manager. And so he's just like radioing in. I'm like, hey, we got to clean up this dead guy out of the tank. And then like <laughs> other people start showing up dead in the tank. And there's like a field trip of kids that are like supposed to come by. Um, yeah, it was just it was so funny. It's like cracking up. It was so dark. <laughs> I remember um, that uh, the one you sent me of Pete Davidson, where they're like the school, they go up and they're going to chant, and he gets his head like chopped off. On, on the yeah, the, the Dead Poet Society parody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my god, I think that's coming up soon. Because I'm guessing because Fred Armisen's in it, and he's already left the cast. That he's like a, he's like a guest guest host on that one. Mm-hmm. But I think he's I think he's the end of the season episode that I'm watching. So yeah, that that one's awesome. Um. Yeah, I mean that's just getting through so many episodes of that. Um, I, I'm really getting sick of the they, they have so many like cold opens where it's uh, a Republican or Democrat debate skit. Mm-hmm. 
and they're basically all the same of like, hey, look how stupid these people are. Um, yeah. So it's like I just started skipping like just straight to the credits because I got like tired of watching them. <laughs> I guess um, it'd be pretty obnoxious watching them continuously. Yeah, I mean, there's so many of them. Like each episode, each season is like 20 episodes, yeah, and insane. you know, like 10 of them or 10 to 15 of them are like, yeah, a politics cold open. Um, but they're like, you know, like during the 2008 cycle, I guess, um, you know, they, they had some where like Amy Poehler and Tina Fey were like the Bush twins. So they were like in their room and then Will Ferrell would pop in once in a while. So it was like at least a skit that was outside of a debate you yeah, know, based on those characters, yeah. which is fun. But like all these cold opens are just like them in front of podiums. Just like, look how dumb these guys are, you know? <laughs> we get it <laughs> yeah like i know <laughs> um so that's like i've been skipping that quite a bit because i'm like oh, i get i get it i get it um and yeah, obviously 2016 was <laughs> really tough to watch so yeah yeah um yeah and then uh i movie wise i um the fugitive was playing at the alamo Oh, sweet. I love that movie. Yeah. And I couldn't remember if I'd seen it at the Alamo before. And I think I did. But I was like, I'm not going to take that chance. I'll watch it again. How many people could possibly be there? Uh, like a whole party of 20. <laughs> yeah. Uh, behind me. So like that was cool. And luckily they weren't obnoxious. So no, I, like I, said, I, I took Kellen to see Raiders of the Lost Ark. It was, one of the, it was the first movie we saw after theaters reopened and they're doing nothing but, you know, classic movies. And there was like 40, 50 people in that theater. Yeah, like I said, uh, when I went to the Westminster Alamo, like the lobby was dead and they don't have the bar, right? Mm-hmm. I talked to the guy who does the tickets. He's like, yeah, we're pretty much sold out tonight. And a lot of people are just like, I just showed up. I didn't know you for open or not. Like they didn't come because they'd reopened. They were just like, this is a theater near my house. So I'm just going to go to it. That's awesome. So, um, yeah, they seem to be doing well. Um, but yeah, the fugitive, uh, I noticed it's, it's a great movie anyway, right? Like a great mm-hmm. who done it. Um, even though I know how, who's done it for years, but, uh, this time with the theater experience, like I, no- I noticed the, in the sound design, uh, like foreshadowing elements that I hadn't heard before. Oh, sweet. Um, like when Harrison Ford, I guess, uh, Richard Kimball, like I think the second or third time he visits the hospital, to like get information about the one-armed man he's walking mm-hmm. up past these ambulances and you can hear the ambulance guys in the background saying like um this team of kids uh we're like in a bus accident and we're you know bringing everyone into the hospital and like later on in that sequence here yeah. uh, kimball helps the kid with the broken sternum um yeah like Damn. after he does like all the detective work you know in the lab yeah i don't think i've ever seen that in theaters uh yeah it's it's awesome <laughs> it is awesome i was so like just even though i know everything that's gonna happen i was like still wrapped in it and just tommy lee jones um is it like no nonsense mm-hmm. get it done yes. getting, like obsessed uh type guy yeah it's just great um, but yeah, like seeing that the the foreshadowing of some of the stuff, like yeah, in the background, it's like oh, cool, like that's 
from a movie making perspective like you don't like you don't need it but to hear it in the background like oh okay you know they're really fleshing out the world with stuff like that um yeah what else oh um yeah so in addition to sparks the mayan this week i saw um a movie i've been trying to see for a while called limbo which i wanted hmm. to see because i saw the trailer at another movie and it's this indie film and the trailer looks like a wes anderson movie where like everything's super composed and meticulously crafted visually uh, but it wasn't Wes Anderson. So I was like, I, sh- I should go watch that. And it was not <laughs> uh, quite a fun time. No, bummer. <laughs> it, yeah, it's whimsical, but like not in a fun Wes anderson way. Uh, it's about a Syrian refugee who is stranded in Scotland for whatever reason. He's like a musician who was at one point playing soccer um or football uh american football wait no football is american football here yep There's soccer is <laughs> everywhere soccer football but the soccer version everywhere else in the world yeah yeah anyway he's he got a broken arm um so i guess there's like public housing in this really really remote village in scotland uh where they have to just hang out until they get like approval to enter the country right even though they're Mm -hmm. already there um and this remote village is casually racist (laughs) here and there you know uh to these refugees um as they just kind of hang out in this house and wait uh they have to go to like citizenship training here and there um every couple days and then it's really just kind of him waiting and waiting waiting to get the call to you know head to uh and you find out over time like why he's there and what's going on this family back in syria because there's a civil war and um you know why he's a musician and uh Mm. eventually just gets really sad uh by the end and uh you know his buddy you know the fun parts are like his buddy that he's trapped uh, stranded in this house with like uh is a big freddie mercury fan and he like steals a chicken from a neighboring farm um and just like keeps it at home, you know, doesn't eat him or anything, just like has him as a pet. Um, uh, trying to think if there's any other fun stuff. Um, his musician, the, his instrument that he plays is the oud or the ode. It's basically a guitar. Um, and you're like waiting the whole movie for him to play it. And you don't know why he's like not playing it, but he carries it everywhere he goes. Um, yeah um but yeah by the end it's just sad because um he's have like he has this falling out with his like brother who's like actually fighting the war in syria and you're like is he is he like evading his family is he evading like is he a coward like why is he here and everything and then um like some of the people who was um like I, i forget what happened but it tipped off like the authorities to come to the house and so two of the guys fled and then um one got captured and the other one just disappeared. And then like later there's a snowstorm like later in the year. And uh, this main character like finds his frozen body in the like Scottish landscape, you know? Um, and like, he has to wait till summer to come back out and like bury him and stuff. 
So it gets pretty heavy. He's fucking dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think that that's all I watched this week. And, um, I instead of seeing In the Heights, I took my kid to see Peter Rabbit too. Um, I have not seen Peter Rabbit one, so I have no. I went into this not knowing what the fuck it was about. Um, I'm guessing the first Peter Rabbit follows the book pretty closely. Um, is a guess. I don't know. Yeah, I remember the books being short, like little mini books, like they're like yeah, I don't know. I mean, ten twenty I mean, I page know, books. Yeah, I know the premise is Peter Rabbit is a little mischievous rabbit. Yeah, and I guess that carries on uh, in this one. Um, Rose Byrne and the other guy, forget who he is. Um, Donald Gleason from Star Wars. Thank you. Yep, Star Wars guy. Um, also, ex Machina. The um, <laughs> so they end up getting married. Um, she wrote the book Peter Rabbit based on their previous adventure, and uh, the so, rabbit. So Rose Byrne is Beatrix Potter. Yes, and that's her name. Her name's B in it, so I'm guessing that's who it is. Um. Yep, and then uh, their book is bought um to go big time um her book but they want to change who what her book is you know it's um uh it's too cute so they want to make it you know peter rabbit in space and so she does it to sell out and while this is going on peter is having regrets about not knowing who his father is and joins a a street gang in and london and they're going to steal food from a farmer's market Yep, that's what it's about. Sounds a little meta, like it. It is really meta because there's this, you know, there is some clever parts in. It. I mean, it's not a bad movie. Um, the it's it's a heist film, and there's a part at the end uh, where B is in, um, uh, like the publishing house's like idea table, and they're throwing all these ideas about how they can make Peter more relatable and make him cooler. And then at the, the last 20 minutes of the movie is him doing all that stuff. Um, like going on a boat and rescuing people and everything they said in that meeting he does. So, I mean, it's kind of clever. Um, there's some funny jokes. There's a part where you do, they make it. So it's kind of like uh, Brian sometimes in family guy where no one really understands them, but then they do understand them. Um, it's, I mean, it's a cute movie that the special effects are actually pretty great in it. The little rabbits and stuff. Um, will I ever see it again? No. Um, <laughs> but my kid is really into the talking animal movies right now. So I, I, I showed him the trailer for both In the Heights and Cruella. And he said, I don't want to see those. So that's what we got. It's weird because Cruella has talking animals in it. Well, uh- not talking animals, but CGI animals. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, I find I found uh, the Dread Steelbook at Best Buy, and it was really badass, so I got it. Um, and that movie's still pretty fun. <laughs> it's um, I like that it's literally a hey, rookie at your first day. Let's go kill a bunch of bad guys, and they just kill a bunch of bad guys in it. Um, there's 
really no like a huge plot to it um, except that this peach tree apartment complex is ran by this lady named ma who is dealing these drugs and um yeah and then judge dread and his rookie go there to kill him <laughs> they, they, they just work their way up the tower yeah yep it, i actually think it's a pretty fun movie i remember the action great. yeah like i remember it looks great but like the dialogue's terrible oh yeah the dialogue's awful but there's parts in it i didn't mean i, I hadn't seen it since we saw it in theaters and um there's scenes i totally forgot in the movie and it was kind of cool seeing um it again and it's like it's almost like you saw it for the first time you know what i mean does the steelbook come with the 3d version uh, it does not i don't think yeah, I remember that being like a big draw of it when it came out um yeah i'm like remembering like the most egregious bad line was i, I think like towards the close to the end like he busts through a wall and says something or like hmm. the villains blast through a wall and like dreads it something just so dumb Can't yeah remember. i don't remember I, I just remember uh it looks really great in h ultra hd and um the last shot of hey, when he throws that maw off the <laughs> off the balcony and she like hits the pavement yeah and it shows her head splitting it's pretty fucking awesome yeah, I got to revisit that sometime. Yeah, and I don't know. I don't know if the one I have is the unrated version. It might be because I don't remember it, in this when I watched it a couple nights ago. It shows her head splitting and blood and like her eyeballs popping out. So it's pretty great. Um, and then you know you're really great at uh, teasing me. I got the uh, Steel Book of Sicario <laughs> that was at uh, Target, which is it's a badass Steel Book. Yeah, a step backwards because it's only Blu-ray, but yeah. But yeah, but I already had the Ultra HD, so I just um, and I know for uh, they don't really um, make different inserts in those. What I mean is, is the Steelbook uh, pegs will always have enough for put two discs on it, um, because you know a lot of movies stack um, the Blu-ray and Ultra HD in them, and. Because uh, Ultra HD doesn't have any special features, so I was able to still um, take my Ultra HD and snap it into the Steelbook with the Blu-ray. Um, and that movie's awesome, and it looks fucking amazing in uh, Ultra HD. Um, the, the part where they're about to go into the tunnels and it's all black except for the skyline is incredible in Ultra HD. And uh, the movie itself is my favorite Emily Blunt film because it is fucking awesome. And the last thing I watched this week is the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, I'm hoping to have a review on Blueberry for that soon. Uh, the problem is, is there's five commentaries on it. So um, I've watched two of them. So I've seen the film three times in the last like two days. <laughs> Um, did kellen watch it no <laughs> no um i would never show him that film well you know it's not too violent but i mean there's not that much gore but where it's really i think why it's scary is the last 25 minutes is pretty unrelenting where it's you know leatherface chasing that lady and they're all hitting her in the head with <laughs> the mallet i've never seen the original just the oh, remake you oh yeah it's it's uh so it's like a lot of 70s horror films 
where it takes a little bit to get going, but once it does, it's pretty great. Yeah. Um, I want to watch it sometime. I'm just kind of hoping for like, you know, the theater experience, right? Oh yeah. I'm, I'm surprised I haven't seen it in a theater. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the acting in it is really like bad um, at some parts, but you're really not seeing it for the acting. You're seeing it for when, you know, Leatherface shows up and <laughs> rains hell on all those kids. Um, is that a public domain movie? I don't think so. Um, because mine, I, I, the 40th anniversary, I got a long time ago. I cannot believe I haven't watched it. I think it came out in 2014. Um, and it's so old that I, the film is on Blu-ray and it looks really great. All the special features, though, are uh, DVD quality. Boo. I know. So there, there's, the special features are great. I mean, there's an hour and 20-minute documentary. And, <clears throat> and they have outtakes from that with more interviews, which is cool. But, I mean, they couldn't upconvert it. But whatever. It is what it is. But the movie's great. If you haven't seen it, um, you can borrow it from me. Or if you want to wait for the theaters, it's fine. Yeah, um, I can't recall, like dismember the alamo or like midnight's at the esquire doing it yeah that would be a good one to show because it's only i think it's 85 minutes that'd be a good one for dismember the alamo and it's because so, it's like so popular like i'm surprised. yeah it's really popular and it's quick i mean i i hope dismember the alamo comes back this year because i'm definitely gonna go i love sitting in a theater for eight hours and just watching horror films i think it's an awesome experience yeah they did a mini one last year right yeah they did it where you, they wouldn't show more than one at a time. You'd have to go to one, and then there's another one the next week. Yeah. But yeah, so hopefully the way it's supposed to be will come back. I'm guessing it will. And that's what I watched this week. Yeah, I forgot something. All right. Two weeks in a row now. Um, have you been watching Loki? Oh, yeah. I watched Loki, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, yeah, it's fun. Um, I think it's the best my favorite of the three marvel shows so far i i think it's definitely the most uh it's hard to say unique because wandavision is really unique but what i like about it i don't know if you feel the same way watching it but it feels like loki is planning something and he feel it feels like he's ahead of everybody but you don't know what that is yet um well he definitely was because of the reveal of the second episode by the end like he he plotted and, to double cross everybody but he got surprised by what shows up yeah and i mean the the scene in the first episode where he's talking to mobius and it's like a greatest hits of him but when he has to experience the stuff that he hasn't experienced yet um is really great and what I think it's a really cool subtle moment in that is when Thanos kills him, that's not his last memory. That means he didn't die right away. His last memory is his brother holding him. And uh, for all his bravado and his pretenses, he still cares a lot about his family. And I think that's what makes him such a unique villain is he's not always the bad guy. Yeah, and I'm I I loved how uh, they deconstruct the bad guy. Yeah, um, you know they force him to go through like you know, okay, so you want to take over the world? What does that mean? Like, what's yeah. the world to you? 
which is like a great like every you know terrible superhero film where like i'm out to conquer the earth okay well, what does that mean yeah um it, it, and it's a it's a great question to pose on a bad guy yeah like are you just gonna like you know is it gonna be like everyone enslaved and superhero chained films. up and oh sorry were you talking <laughs> yeah no i was gonna say you know the best bad guys in superhero films like thanos it's not about controlling the world he's actually tr- thanos is trying to balance the world um or the universe and you know mobius puts that question because what does loki really want and i think he's really complicated and i don't think loki knows what he wants yeah he's the god of mischief like he his drive is like as evidenced by the fact that he was like oh i'm gonna double cross these guys and uh take down the the time what are they called time variance authority no the 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 people who organize the timeline uh, the timekeepers timekeepers yeah he's like i'm gonna take over the timekeepers like even after we've gone through an episode of him breaking him apart and being like you know why do you why are you driven to do that it's like he's the god of mischief like he doesn't even know that he doesn't have a directive other than cause chaos yeah yeah like, like thanos he thinks like oh, okay like i'm doing this good thing for everybody like tr- loki is tricking himself into having a goal you know when it's really yeah. just caused chaos. Yeah. And you know, there's something that, and I think everyone's in Loki's shoes in this one is a time variance authority, a real thing. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I'm guessing this is my guess is that Kang, the conqueror is probably behind it. Um, but there's a, a little bit that he's trapped and um, Kang is trying to stop it from happening. Yeah, I, I have no, I don't have a knowledge, pretty much no knowledge of Kang the Conqueror in Marvel Comics. So he literally goes through um, time to affect timelines. And if one doesn't work, he'll go back. It, it's it, it's kind of the story, but he has a really convoluted comic story too. So I don't know. I don't know how they're going <laughs> to play it out. So he does basically what the variant is doing. Yeah. That they're trying to chase down. Yeah interesting yep um yeah because i like i like the aesthetic of this mundane like dmv style timekeepers the time variance authority thing yep um but it's also like okay in this entire cosmic universe it's just like regular humanoids yeah so it's that's there's something else yeah you know and they how they uh, have all the the infinity stones and the guy says oh they're just paperweights because they've been collected on so many different timelines that they they mean nothing it's it's a really interesting um way to look at stuff yeah it's like but it makes sense like that the timekeepers wherever they exist is like a null and void part of nature i guess or the universe right yeah because even loki has questions for mobius uh, you know where he because Mobius has never met the timekeepers, but he has all this faith in them. And he says, well, if everything goes right, then what? Then what do you do? And, you know, then he poses the same question to Loki. You know, where are you from? You know, it, it's, it's really interesting. Yeah. I just love how introspective it is of, like, what is the motivation behind basically the Marvel Universe mm-hmm. as a whole. So, it Yeah, it's, it's a really well done show. 
Yeah, I can't wait to figure out like yeah where they're going with this because. Yeah, Hiddleston said the two best episodes he thinks are episode four and five. So, sort coming of, up on that. Yeah, went away. Um, but yeah, I'm interested to see like if it's going to play into anything major. You know, is it going to just be like oh, okay, like we introduce this thing, but it really has no effect on the movies? You know, it kind of feels like it's going to have an effect on the movie, right? <laughs> I mean, it has to <laughs> films. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, it'll probably go into um, Thor, uh, Love and Thunder for sure. Yeah. Which, God, have you seen Chris Hemsworth? <laughs> I know. Jeez. Promo for that? God, you guys been listening. Yeah, yeah, we get it, dude. You're handsome and buff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that reminds me. There's a couple. There's a two SNLs with him in it. I was watching. He's just so so, so silly. Yeah, he, he's a fun guy. Yeah, like uh, there's like it's like a Star Trek thing, and the captain's a chicken, like a live chicken on set. <laughs> and uh, there's um, like he has a relationship with it, like he's been having an affair with it, and uh, there's a catastrophe that they have to send the chicken into like the lower decks of the ship, but the lower decks are basically a microwave. <laughs> and then everyone's like, "Oh, sad. We had to kill our captain." She died for us, and then they're like, but we're going to totally eat her, right? <laughs> yeah. Cool. This week on Real Nerds, we went back in time and discovered our band's favorite band. The Sparks Brothers is our film of the week. Brad, should people see the Sparks Brothers? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Uh, it's up to them. I mean, I guess, I, or do you recommend the Sparks Brothers is a better question. If you have my taste in movies, I definitely recommend the Sparks Brothers. Um, I never heard of the Sparks Brothers until Edgar Wright told us about them and then made this documentary. And they are a fascinating band. And this documentary shows a lot about that. Um, I was, you know, growing up with like behind the music. Um, yeah, I've seen a lot of documentaries about bands that were like all about you know behind the scenes like their lives outside the music and um you know most of them deal with you know getting famous getting into drugs then falling apart and then eventually coming back together for some kind of reunion thing and the sparks brothers band really focuses on their catalog um which i found fascinating so and refreshing so yeah um we'll talk about more after the the break yeah i i'm in the same boat i knew absolutely nothing about him but this documentary does a great job of introducing you to who they are and their music and what makes it fun is how it's told and it's told by a lot of people you really love um here's a trailer for the sparks brothers Throughout all the years that I've been making music, if you get on a tour bus with a bunch of musicians, eventually the conversation will go to Sparks. I remember just seeing them all the time, like, who are those guys? They are a band who you can look up on Wikipedia and know nothing. We are Sparks, dude. Please welcome Sparks, Sparks, Sparks. Frequently asked questions about Sparks. How many albums are there? 25 albums. 
Are you brothers? We are brothers. How did you first meet? We are brothers. Music at its best, you hear it and you go, oh my God, what is that? It's insane, but it's fantastic. Each time you'd go to the rehearsal, there'd be something new there. Like, that's good. It wasn't like anything else. All pop music is rearranged sparks. That's the truth. There are throwaway riffs that other bands have built whole careers out of. One of my favorite moments is John Lennon ringing up Ringo Starr. You won't believe what's on the television. It was the sound of the future. Sparks is way more prolific than all of the artists we consider to be the greatest in the world. They sort of set a template. That a Beatle would pretend to be Ron. That's amazing. They were taking all their creative juices and putting it into something that they loved. They were a bit much for most people. The culture just wasn't there yet. Is there anybody out there at all right now? They've reinvented themselves several times. The thing that marked them was their unwillingness to give up. That sounds like the scene from our biopic. <laughs> our time has come. Here we are. They may have given birth to other bands who don't even know that the lineage goes back to them. Still are waiting to get paid back for that. Why have you resisted doing a documentary until now? We didn't want to do the standard documentary full of talking heads. It would become too dry. I didn't know I needed a um, uh, Edgar Wright documentary, but after watching this, I'm I'm thinking to myself, I really needed an Edgar Wright documentary. <laughs> yeah. Um... I mean, it's not too revolutionary to, you know, put animation and um, like a lot of, you know, a lot of documentaries are footage of the bands, um, mm-hmm. you know, throughout their, their, their lifespan. But Edgar Wright adds to that by, you know, doing stop motion or claymation or just sort of traditional 2D animation um, about what they're talking about in there, which I think makes it much more vibrant and fun to watch. Yeah, and I think what helps too is how um, kinetic of a filmmaker he is, anyways, and he understands editing really well. So, I mean, the movie's two hours and twenty minutes, but it doesn't feel like that at all. It moves wow. r- really fast. Uh, yeah, I didn't know. It was two, wow, two hours and twenty. It didn't feel like that at all. Yeah, and, and I w- and I would have sat through more, honestly. Yeah, like I said, I didn't know it was that long until I left. I go, holy shit! It's like one o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're you're just watching, it and it's when I was watching it, it, felt like I was finally let in on an inside joke. You know, everybody that's in this is telling you how great this band is, and you're watching them, and you can't. I'm watching this as man, are these these lyrics of these songs are really weird, and but they're also good. But I can't tell if it's serious or not, or um you know what i mean i I, it's just a fascinating group and when you see them perform you think they'd be from england they're not yeah (laughs) from like la or something that blew me away (laughs) like right off the bat like that's the first thing they tell you yeah because they have that you know that kind of vibe about them you know what i mean when he when he's singing he sounds british so yeah yeah it's 
it's definitely i don't know if they're playing a character like i i still don't get the two brothers at all um but they're talented and they're fun i i don't know it's it's just a a really fun documentary yeah the whole like the weirdness about them like i i thought about it and it's not that different from daft punk right you know except you can see their faces but you know they're they're an, an enigma yeah. mystery so like it's not not that uh unhurt like unusual i guess i guess i guess yeah all music you're a performing artist so if your performance includes you being some sort of character or something along the lines of that i guess it makes sense yeah but it sounds like they just dedicated their career of like to you know doing the opposite of what you're supposed to do yeah i mean they pretty much uh like talk about everything you know or, i mean ta- tackle every genre of music yeah Actually, it's, it's thought, really... uh, by the end of their catalog like the more recent stuff started to sound the same to me yeah uh but the really early stuff i found the most interesting like musically because it is so all over the place like you know the the their initial incarnation is very glam rock or like operatic yeah. queen style and then they go into full new wave 80s and then they kind of get a little like um like folk 90s and then it's like really weird with like the dick around song and the there's like some other operatic one oh there, there's the one where they he just says the same chorus over and over again and that's the song yeah um yeah it's pretty 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 interesting um it is like the whole time because you know you have people like weird al yankovic and um all these uh back all these other musicians and stuff that are in this film talk about how cool they are and like i said that's why it feels like you've missed out this inside joke (laughs) yeah like i we've known like a lot of those people for years and like i've never heard anyone mention sparks before Um, yeah and they've been around for 50 years and I'm surprised it's never come into my consciousness before. Yeah. Especially how much I like music from that time period. You think I would know something about them and I knew nothing about them. Yeah. Um, and then the crossover, like they were trying to make movies for a long time with like Tim Burton mm-hmm. um, and Jacques Tati. And then I can't believe was a, there was a connection to rad, the movie rad in there. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's like oh, sparks are on that soundtrack. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, John and Jason have never mentioned like mentioned it. Um, they're big fans of it. Um, that's what I mean. Like, did do even people know that they're listening? I I had no idea. Like, maybe we know their songs, but we just don't know that we knew them. You know what I mean? I don't know. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I've watched Rad. Like, I never. <laughs> I clearly must have heard their their song in it at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, and just never, I mean, it wasn't like, oh, I got to know who did this song. You know, it was just from this shitty eighties movie. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, cause they've, yeah, they've always had like misfires in the movie realm, but they are clearly suited to make films cause they're so visually oriented. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And... Cause to them, it's not just the music too. It's the whole, the whole package if you will. Yeah. It's about creating an experience. Yeah. Beyond just like notes and audio and 
um yeah they're like audio storytellers like yeah even mm -hmm. their early songs are, are all about like the like their big one their big first one you know edgar wright talks about you know it's the story of this guy who's about all these men who are competing for the few women that exist in their town right mm -hmm. um yeah but yeah it's just fascinating and it's so fun it's a really fun movie to watch and i recommend it for everybody yeah it's just yeah. It's, it's entertaining like it's it's cool to like have something that you don't know anything about and mm -hmm. then have the, have this teach you it and you not feel like it's like oh so boring you know Agreed. Like, I actually like this now because the documentary is so. Yeah, I mean, the documentary helps you. I mean, it makes me want to listen to them. Yeah. So I think it's mission accomplished. I looked up the uh, like. There's a Sparks Greatest Hits thing on YouTube or mm -hmm. uh, iTunes. Um, it's like the greatest hits, and it has I think like forty or fifty songs in it, but it's only like wow. seven bucks or eight bucks. Oh shit. So I gonna, that. yeah, probably gonna download it at some point. If I can't find the CD first, <laughs> yeah, I'll take a trip to Twist and Shout and see uh, if it's also eight bucks. Oh yeah, they probably have it at Twist and Shout. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's any other cool things in it. No, documentaries are hard to review. <laughs> I, I was confused about the, you know. It's a like the documentary is, documentary is linear. It doesn't jump back and forth. Um, yeah, but uh, and it, it kind of goes album by album. And they would bring up songs. You know, Edgar Wright would print the song titles on the screen, but then you have like a definition of a like one word from the title in it, and it was so small. And even though I was on the f pretty much the front row, I couldn't. You know, it's not up for long, and it's yeah like, often like white on gray. Yeah, like I, I wonder what like his intention of doing that was because it seems almost like unnecessary. Like it doesn't yeah. really add anything to it, it. It does seem like it's a creative choice for sure. Yeah, but what it is, I can't. I couldn't tell you. I don't know. I'm not smart enough. Yeah, that's the only thing I was sitting there going like, "Why are you doing this to me?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's not up, up long enough to read. It's only one word from the whole title. It just yeah felt like it could have been something more creative but um yeah hmm. cool uh next week we're going back to our families and seeing f9 um so that'll be a movie uh yeah probably um yep it might be werewolves within we don't know <laughs> Yeah, I, there's no way I could convince everybody else that, but I could just be like, fuck it, just make it werewolves within. But I think we should probably see Fast Nine because it's the big movie. That's what everyone's going to be talking about. I mean, people don't go see the movies without our reviews, so true. You know, they need us to tell them about Fast Nine before they do it. That's true. So <laughs> cool. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks for being on, Brad. Until next week, bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast. 
Real Nerds Podcast is a production of Nebulous Visions Multimedia. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for supplying us with all our comic needs, especially you, Andrew. You know who you are. And a big shout-out to James's mom. I'm giving you an electronic hug that you can feel through the airwaves. Thanks for listening, and have a nice day.